Hey guys, welcome back to the Instant Offense Podcast. It is our week three review show, and what a week it was. Yeah, what a week indeed. I mean, just generally weird stuff all around. Uh, random wide receivers blowing up. Uh, ex- wide receivers we expected to do well. Uh, questioning if they're even on the field. So just generally a very weird week. And uh, let's pop right into our review and let's go over what we saw last week. Yeah, definitely a lot to talk about this week. And unfortunately with that comes quite a few injuries to talk about as well. Uh, so let's just jump right into that. Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback, uh, very last play of the game. Looks like a high ankle sprain, so they're saying four to six weeks. That sucks. That's usually approximate for ankle sprains. We don't know for sure what the timetable is. Uh, Patriots haven't come out and put him on IR just yet. Uh, I don't know if you saw the images of him screaming in pain, being like carried out. There's a couple pictures they took from the side. Does not look good. Uh, Brian Hoyer coming in. Will he target Jacoby Myers like Mac Jones did or... What are we even going to expect in New England? It's going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, Mac Jones, I'd, ex- I'd expect not to see him four to six weeks. Um, so Saints wide receivers, uh, everyone not named Olave has some type of injury distinction going into this week. Yep. Uh, Jarvis Landry, they initially said high ankle sprain, but then after they said when they reviewed uh, both him and Thomas, uh, it didn't look serious. So they're not sure how much time they may miss, if they miss any time. Uh, Michael Thomas had an injured toe. Again, they said not serious, not expected to miss a lot of time. Not sure if he'll miss any time. Both of these guys are playing in London against Minnesota this week. I wouldn't be surprised if the team kept one or both of them out of the Minnesota game in London just so they can get the two weeks of rest and going through Minnesota and the bye week, unless it's really not that bad. Uh, If I had to pick one guy to play, I think Michael Thomas could be the one to suit up. If Jarvis Landry actually sprayed his ankle, I don't think we're going to see him until right after the bye. Yeah, that's it. that sounds about right. And Traquan Smith, too, is also dealing with an injury. doesn't seem to be serious, but that's something to monitor, too. So, like you said, Olave is clearly the guy there. And what is up with Michael Thomas and these toe injuries? I had him last year. All Michael right. Michael Thomas <laughs> is his oh, new God, name. That's horrible. <laughs> had to throw it in. Tomas. Tomas, yes. Shouts uh, out to Tomas. Generally very weird. I don't know. I mean, usually they say, they say like, lower body stuff lingers, but usually that's ankles and knees. I mean... Toes are a weird one. I, I have no idea where the logic is with that. But, I mean, maybe he's got bad toes. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he walks weird. Maybe he has a weird step when he cuts. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly could affect that. But, yeah, the, the toe thing is weird. One thing I will say is Kamara's got to get it together in London, right? That's true. I mean, three injured wide receivers, it's, it's now or never. I do think the Kamara was not 100% this week. I agree. So I'm thinking with all these guys down and they're playing overseas in London, maybe he kind of tries to show out. I know those London games are always weird, so I'm I mean, definitely keeping an eye on that definitely, you know, good sign that he had, what, seven targets last game. Unfortunately, two catches, but yeah, they're trying to get him in there. They're trying. They should. I, he didn't look great is all I'm going to say. He, he looked explosive on that first rush, and that was almost half his rushing yards for – the whole game. I yeah. mean, he, something about him just didn't look right. So I'm going to go with the ribs that weren't 100%, and it's only uphill from here. Now what, fumble logic. six, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is what it is. That sums up all of this past week, is yeah. Kamara fumbling for a touchdown. That's just... But anyways, moving to our hometown hero, let's talk about this guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's been an absolute monster this yeah, year so I mean, far. The sun god is no joke. I mean, Amon Ross has <laughs> been, been everywhere, man. He's... He came name. back in with a limp and still managed. I think it was another three or four catches. Yeah. He even converted, a, I think it was a third and eight, 
or third and seven, and he got eight yards, something like that. All in all, he's he's Amon Ra looks like a total beast, and this Lions offense generally looks amazing. But Amon Ra, they said the ankle is not serious as of right now. So as of uh, Monday midday when we're recording this, or sorry, Tuesday midday when we're recording this, uh, no big distinction. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like he's gonna go on the IR. Maybe he misses this week, but we have no reason to assume he will miss this week. I'm assuming like a low grade sprain type thing, rolled his ankle, and uh, maybe he suits up this weekend. On the other side of Detroit, uh, Swift, uh, bad ankle. He's been on that for two weeks now. Uh, injures his shoulder as well. All signs point, and they hinted today that he may be out until the bye. Detroit has the week six bye, so that would I'd assume we don't see Swift week four, five, and six. Obviously with the bye, which is almost yeah. what you want as a Swift owner. You want you don't want this three carry for eighty yard BS. You're trying to see Swift out there and getting his full share of volume and doing what he showed he could do week one and with limited volume week two, but you want to see Swift getting carries. Yeah, so I, I mean, if you're a Jamal Williams owner, you're salivating right now. Oh, man, totally. Just, but at the same time, the Lions have done this thing where they give carries to more than just one guy. So, I mean, even Craig Robinson is a guy I'm keeping an eye on. I mean, they're – sorry, Craig Robinson. Craig Reynolds is a guy I'm keeping an eye on. So, I mean, generally, Detroit's been – they've been spreading the ball out with, with the running backs at least. So, yeah. I'm interested to see what they do without Swift. Will they go more just Adams alone? Or sorry, Jamal uh, Williams alone? Or what are they going to do exactly with the uh, running backs if Swift is out long-term, meaning those three weeks, which is I'd expect them to miss? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. And, again, if I'm in Rob for some reason is out too, let's see how the offense kind of, I guess. How you feel about the DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson, if St. Brown's out? I mean, Hawkinson's shown he can be, you know, a top tight end. I'm not too concerned about him. I think he steps up. Chark is just kind of, uh, I so don't really know what this to This offense has been super powerful, but part of the reason they've been super powerful is these two studs in Amon Ross St. Brown and Swift. Yeah. Now, will they, could like, can rent, like, not random guys, but can guys step into those slots and just overtake what they've been doing? I don't think so. I don't think DJ Chark or TJ Hawkinson is going to come up with these 80, 8 for 80 yard games consistently. And Josh Brown Reynolds, too. He had a really good game yes. last game. He had Six that one. for 96. Yes, he did. That's I mean, a big game. Again, Detroit's doing this. They got this high-powered offense, which we're not used to here. We haven't seen this since, like, Stafford and Calvin in the yeah, early years. I mean, literally. I don't know exactly what to take from it, especially with Goff at quarterback. You just don't expect it to continue. But at the same time, they have all the signs of an offense that can continue. A strong offensive line, uh, big-name players and big positions. So they're, they're showing a lot of good signs. Pretty crappy defense, so they're going to have to throw a lot. So, I mean. One thing I am kind of interested in is the St. Brown injuries. Uh, uh, Jamison Williams is definitely out first four weeks because mm-hmm. he started the season on the pub. I'd keep an eye on that, and hopefully maybe you don't have to use a waiver on it. If you've got a spot on your bench or a spot on your IR, it's not a bad name just to throw in there show, with Detroit showing what they have shown and their ability to power so many guys and feed so many names, I mean, that might be an interesting pickup just to kind of stash on your bench for a while if you have the spot. Absolutely. Uh, so going back into that Detroit Lions-Minnesota game, Dalvin Cook dislocated shoulder again. Uh, last time he dislocated the shoulder, he missed, uh, I, think, I think they said he did it twice. He missed one game once and two games the other time. So I'd expect him to miss a game or two. Uh, they're playing in London. Again, I would not be surprised if Minnesota keeps him out so he gets the week of rest right now and the week of rest next week because they'd have to buy post-London. So I would not be surprised at all if Madison is a starting running back this weekend and Delvin Cook just sits out. If Delvin Cook is in, I don't know how comfortable I am starting him post-dislocated shoulder. I am tossing that out. I don't know. Minnesota seems like the team that could do something stupid like 
say he's good to go and playing, and then he gets three touches. And he hasn't shown an ability to do a lot with minimal volume this season. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's been a little disappointing so far this season. From what I read, I guess he's going to try to wear a brace and play in this game. But that's obviously iffy just by the sounds of it. Who really wants to be starting a guy wearing a and brace on his shoulder? The defense has been half, defense, half decent. Just to th- toss that into that equation, too. McCaffrey did do pretty good against them, but they kind of held Fournette in check, even though he was injured. Uh, I'm in, I, I, don't, I don't love starting Cook this weekend if he plays. I think what no. I would love to hear is... I'm a Madison owner, or I'm a Cook owner who handcuffed Madison, and Cook is just totally out, and Madison's going to start. That's what I think I want to hear. But yeah, I if you've had see. a dependable running back like Madison that has been there for multiple seasons, I don't see why you risk Cook. I mean, you just, let's say, slot Madison in and let him run. Oh, I'm right there with you. And Vikings are in a nice spot, 2-1. Uh, and one. Right. I mean, worst comes to worst, you don't start some guys. New Orleans is probably going to be down some guys on offense. You just go out there and you see what you could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Justin Jefferson finally catches a ball or two. Or a random cornerback's going to keep locking Justin Jefferson up, I guess. This is the interesting thing. Because Slay goes from locking Justin Jefferson up to getting lit up by Washington. Granted, the game was kind of over when he started to get lit up. But now, all of a sudden, Jeffrey Okuda is this shutdown corner, which I don't know if that's true just yet. But, I mean, now, all, all I stats heard, say he's decent. All I heard was McLaurin. Don't start him. He's going to put up a goose egg because Darius Slay, and he honestly had a pretty solid game. Exactly. Uh, so, final injury. This has been one that me, me and you have been kind of arguing about for weeks now. Boo. Uh, <laughs> Boo. David Montgomery. My, uh, I guess my second child. The illegitimate one. This that, guy is just... Man, this guy should be doing great. He's getting the volume. I think he... I don't know if he would have lit up the Texans to the extent that Herbert lit up the Texans. Because Herbert lit up the Texans. He did. But David Montgomery has looked good to start the season. How the heck does this guy get injured in pass coverage? Like it's just it's not right. It feels like it's it's wrong. It shouldn't happen. But like they, a few minutes in too. So exactly. if you had him in your lineup, I apologize because I did. Yeah, I both of us did. We didn't yeah. even know bets were around this guy. I had him in three of my four fantasy leagues. I started this guy. So I did have Herbert on my bench. I do have him. So I'm all Herbert. in on Herbert. I own Herbert nowhere. I am doing everything I can to get Herbert everywhere right now, is what I was <laughs> As say. you should. As so you the should. weird thing about the Montgomery injury is they said knee slash ankle, which is very weird to see. It's bad. Uh, usually that points to high ankle sprain or an MCL sprain. That's what historically we've seen when it says knee ankle. Right. Uh, high ankle sprain, again, same we said about Mac Jones. If it's a high ankle sprain, we assume four to six weeks. Uh, MCL sprains can be different depending on the level, being like a ligament. So uh, that, I've seen everything from like a one to two week out to multi-weeks out, which is extremely weird considering that Eberflus, the coach of the Bears today, comes out and says day-to-day. Day-to-day, yeah. How does that make any sense? I mean, it doesn't really make sense. I'm a little biased on this, but I kind of hope he sits because I want to see when Herbert is given the keys of what he can do. And honestly, I wouldn't be overly surprised like Montgomery comes back and it's in this uneven split now where we're seeing more Herbert than Montgomery, kind of what we're seeing right now. The thing about it is Montgomery did look good to start the season. I don't know if they would just take the job from him, but I guess it depends on what Herbert shows. Right. The thing I'm interested in is Eberflus today didn't, did not, didn't say that Montgomery's not going to go on the IR when he was questioned. That's true. So I'm interested to see if we get like an end of week Montgomery's on the IR thing. So I'm comfortable. I've, I've dropped big money on a couple of my uh, free agent money waiver leagues where I've, where we use money to pick up guys. I know you guys are familiar. Um, I've dropped some big money on Herbert. I can see Herbert doing some things. This is a run-first offense with a 
have decent offensive line, a decent running back back there can do some do some things. So I I, I like Herbert a lot if Montgomery's out. If Montgomery's in, I'm very interested to see what they do and how healthy Montgomery really is. Yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more there. And speaking of waivers, let's jump right into waivers now. Uh, last week's waivers that we had, we had our three. Uh, first, Garrett Wilson of the Jets left the game a bit. Had a little rib injury or so. Man, it looked he like. got killed. Did you see that play? He was running across on a slant, jumped up at least thirty feet in the sky to get up and get a ball. The flag looked like he slightly overthrew. Just for the safety to come across the other side and just wreck him, like Spear shoulder him. dead to hip. He was like he like screamed out in pain, and everyone thought it was like a concussion type thing, but he right. was moving around too much for it. So no, it looked back. like it was gonna be kind of bad, but I mean he popped right back in and he, yeah. he did his thing. I mean put up six catches, sixty yards, had ten targets, pretty serviceable day. I mean if you started him, you know you picked him up last week, you you had a PPR, PPR, great game, standard, not great, but good enough. I mean, no one Decent. has him as their wide receiver one, I don't think. So having him as a flex or a wide receiver two, he did as much as you need. So I, I still like Wilson. I'm not cutting him, and I like the spot. Uh, the next guy we told you guys to pick up was Curtis Samuel. Uh, he went seven for 48 and rushed three times for 13. Uh, he came out, and he was like their number one target to start the game. He was getting a lot of the ball. I don't know if it was because of the slay coverage on – McLaren, and that's why they kind of saw Curtis Samuel as a more interesting option. Right. I take everything that happened in this game with a grain of salt because it was one of Wentz's signature bad games. Horrible game. And we know how Wentz has been. When he's bad, he is a catastrophe, and when he's good, he shows signs of real ability as a quarterback. So Yeah, when he's bad, you don't even want to watch the game period. It's just... And uh, stemming off that was Logan Thomas, uh, two for five with three targets. Usually in like these dumpster games, uh, tight ends feast in garbage time. That was not the case for Logan Thomas. So, generally, I, I don't, I'm not loving what I'm seeing, but I'm also not scared of either Washington guy. I'm okay still starting Thomas going into next week. Uh, Samuel, I'm okay flexing. To be honest, he's shown he got 10 targets again. So, he's getting the target share. I, I still like Samuel a lot. So, I, I'm, I'm fine with that pickup from last week. Yeah, Samuel, fifth in the league in target – or sorry, receptions up until this point here and 30 targets through these three weeks. So, Definitely still comfortable. I think we see why McLaurin was the guy that was actually getting drafted. He seems like the one that is going to have the best chance to put up a good game, no matter who they're playing or how the game script is going. That goes uh, back to what we usually say where, with uh, talent overcoming most things, especially in football. Right. Usually the most talented wide receiver, the most talented running back is the one that gets the volume. Usually. It's not always the case. So argument here would be that McLaurin is the number one. But we've seen Jahan Dotson show some signs, and we've seen um, Curtis Samuel show signs. So I'm still interested, but yeah, I agree. I think uh, Scary Terry is finally shaking the other two guys off and showing that he's the wide receiver one. Yeah, and to the point on Logan Thomas, too, I don't think this is real cause for concern. Again, the game was out of hand. Uh, this is a guy that's just getting back from a serious injury, ramping up slowly. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a bounce-back game this week at all. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm comfortable with all four of the Washington guys. The Dotson, I'm not starting at the moment. No, I'd avoid Dotson. I'm comfortable flexing Samuel, and I'm comfortable starting Scary Terry. Uh, if you have no other options at tight end, I still like Logan Thomas more than most tight ends. I think he's a fringe tight end one. Touchdown dependent like most, obviously. Right. The tight end landscape's so bad that you've, you're you not even debating cutting this guy right now. Like, who no, are you going to totally. pick up? I mean, I'm, I'm taking him over. There's not a lot of guys I'm taking over Thomas at the end of the day. Agreed. Uh, so now let's pop into our waiver wire pickups for this week. 
Uh, definitely the injured running backs. Obviously, their backups are all top of the top of the charts for us. High Jamal priority. Williams, Alex, Alexander Madison, and Khalil Herbert. Yep. Most leagues are already owned. If they're not owned, you go get these three guys. Another uh, sneaky one is Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, Thursday night is when the Bengals are playing the Dolphins. Yep, short week, so mix, mix in, in ankle actually, injury. Yes, up. ankle injury, and he sat out a little bit. He sat out some plays. Uh, P. Ryan came and got some touches near the end of the game just to kind of shut it down. Now, was that more because they were playing the Jets and they had a comfortable lead, or was it more because Mixon wasn't ready to get back out there? I don't know. And an injury Mixon. history, too. I mean, it's a guy that has had injuries in the past. On top of that, Mixon hasn't looked great this year. He's had no. all the volume in the world, averaging like 2.8 yards a carry. So I don't mind having Pirine if you have the space on your bench. So I think Pirine goes right in with Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison, and Herbert for pickups this week. And I think you got to get those guys. Uh, Craig Reynolds is also an interesting pickup for the Lions. The Lions have loved going with the two running back Thunder Lightning setup. Uh, I'm interested to see if Jamal Williams keeps his role and Craig Reynolds goes into the Swift role or if Jamal Williams steps up as the running back one and Craig Reynolds kind of takes some time away from Williams or what exactly the Lions are planning with that. So I think you keep an eye on, on Reynolds. I don't know if you waste a waiver on him, but I, I think you at least add him to your team if you have the space on your bench going into Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Reynolds is definitely a sneaky one. I really like the Pirine call-out, too, as a guy I've produced in the past a lot. Really great receiving back. Um, to your point on the yards per carry for Mixon being very disappointing, Samaje had nine carries for 47 yards, so like 5.2 average. He looked great out there. Caught a receiving touchdown. Again, this is a very talented receiving back, so absolutely on a short week you pick this guy up and Best yeah. case, Mixon is out, and you got a guy you just slot yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, he could easily put up running back one numbers this week. Easily. Miami we saw him Dolphins do that. don't freak me out. We've seen him do that in the past. Totally. He's... Miami Dolphins defense does not freak me out. I can see this guy having a decent game, especially if he's the outright starter and Mixon's not playing. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have at least like a top 20 running back game. Right. He should have the volume for it. Cincinnati loves to do the bell count uh, running back as opposed to doing any committee style. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like Pirine a lot this week, and I think you got to get your hands on him. Even if you got to waste a waiver, that could be the difference between winning and losing this week. No, absolutely. And then moving away from backs a little bit, but I like this guy a lot. They're not too huge on him, but I like Mac Hollins on the Raiders. Really big target, 6'4". Derek Carr seems to have a good relationship with him, and I know that... Uh, help me out with the name. Renfro? Renfro. Renfro was out last week. But he's shown that he can produce even when he was in against the Cardinals. So, I mean, monster week, 159 yards and a touchdown. Red zone threat. I think he's got, what was it, fourth most red zone targets you were saying earlier? No, he had, so? uh, I think he has five total. It's not the most, but he's up in the top 10, 15. I mean, he's, okay. he's doing well. The uh, Raider, or, yeah, Raiders are getting a lot of red zone targets, but it feels like any red zone touchdown is going to be Devontae Adams at this point. I mean, it's three weeks in a row with a touchdown for Adams, so... I'd be surprised if anyone other than Adams got a touchdown as a receiver over here in, uh, I almost said Oakland again, goddamn, in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, and also, I think Waller is due for some targets. Jacobs gets some targets. They like to pepper Bolden in here and there. I don't love Mac Hollins just for that reason. And the Raiders have just not looked, they look out of sorts, kind of. So I think there's just a lot of weird stuff going on in Oakland. And that's why. I don't know if I'm using a waiver on Matt Collins. I do think I'm picking him up post waivers. Yeah, if I you agree. get up early enough and he's laying around, I'm comfortable adding him to the bench. I'm sure someone has, at this point, someone like Mooney. I'm comfortable cutting Mooney and adding Matt Collins. So right. I, there's a there's a couple wide receivers like that that people drafted and are expecting something out of that doesn't look like they may give them that. It is a weird 
part of the season. It's early on. There's a lot of guys who aren't performing now who could just start performing out of nowhere tomorrow. So I'm not at the point where I'm cutting a bunch of guys, but I think I'd rather have Matt Collins on my roster right now than Mooney. It was just one example that I decided to throw out. Yeah, I think he's just a guy that's going to get slept on with, like you said, the Raiders are kind of weird right now. 0-3, not really an appealing offense when you think of it outside of Devontae Adams, especially with Waller, has been pretty inconsistent. Yeah, there's the Waller, the Adams, and the Jacobs. So that's three miles. And Jacobs, too, has been whatever. He Nothing gets special. volume. He just can't find the, the end zone. I don't no. know. That's Even like, rushing-wise. He has, wise. like, what, three games in a row with, like, 60 yards? He's, he's done pretty good yardage-wise. Not great, but good enough. I mean, 60 yards and a touchdown, is a, it's a good game for a running back. Yeah. Not great, but it's a good good enough game. That's all you ask for with where you drafted Jacobs. And then you take away the touchdown, and it's just like I drafted this guy this way. That's what I'm saying. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about P. Ryan, who had 10 times better of a game as a backup running back than yep. Jacobs had. So, there's some, there's definitely some questions in Oakland, I guess. It was weird to see Bolden get a little more carries than I anticipated. Uh, Bolden is someone I'm kind of keeping an eye on. I'm not adding him to my team yet, but I think he's slowly eating up some snaps. I've loved so Brandon Bolden for the longest time. You know that, and he's a really good receiving back, too. So in a PPR, obviously, the benefit's there. Uh, but another former Raiders receiver, Zay Jones, finding new life in Jacksonville. This guy was a disappointment, second-round pick by the Bills. Never lived up to anything, but now he's really showing that he's got the talent, and it looks like Trevor Lawrence likes it a lot. I mean, Zay Jones has shown an ability to do something with decent volume. And this season starting, I think this is his second game with 10 targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like a lot of what I see in Zay Jones. And it looks like Jacksonville might actually have, I don't know if I'll use the word explosive, but they have one hell of an offense. Etienne and um, James Robinson both look solid in the backfield. And then good one-two punch. Yeah, though. Kirk was looked real good, who still got his volume, even though Jones did what he did. I think you have to add Jones. I think that's yeah. a must-add. Trevor Lawrence, too, has looked tremendous. Like Compared to last season, Trevor Lawrence is playing with this confidence. He's making these throws that he couldn't have even dreamed of last year. So I don't see why you don't go in on Zay Jones. I mean, what I say, waiver spot? I don't know. I guess it depends. Are you trying to save to you know get eventually a, a top three waiver or something? I wouldn't use it on Zay Jones, but keep an eye on him as well. Um, and to round off the wide receivers, a guy that had a lot of hype going into the season from just preseason, uh, Romeo Dobbs on the Green Bay Packers. It looks like what everyone was hoping for going into the year is finally coming to fruition. Him and Rodgers had a good game last game. I um, mean, he was targeted eight times, really solid against a pretty pretty good defense too. So I like, I like Dobbs as well. Uh, we were waiting for some wide receiver to come out of Green Bay. The conversation was, would it be Lazard? Would Sammy Watkins have his second coming? Uh, which one between Christian Watson and Dobbs would be the guy? Are they just going to force feed running backs all season? Like, what's going to happen? And Dobbs has shown signs of life. So I think I'm comfortably adding Dobbs. I think I might even use a waiver on him. Uh, if you have Aaron Rodgers' number one target, you have, to, you have to start him and you have to get him on your team. So I think Dobbs has some potential, and if he shows the ability to become that number one, to become that, not necessarily to the extent of Devontae Adams, but become that of Devontae Adams, you have to have Dobbs on your roster. So I think you have to add him in all formats. Yeah, you always want Rodgers' number one guy. And of those eight targets, he caught all eight of them against the Bucks for 73 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, what can you possibly want to see more than you know a dependable target for Rodgers? We know that he's quick to turn on someone who's going to be dropping passes and get him out of the rotation i.e. Watson after that drop yeah. he had in week one. Yeah. So I don't, I don't disagree at all. Yeah, Dobbs, Dobbs Dubes, however you want to call him, definitely go after him if you can. 
Um, all right, now let's move right into that Thursday night game. Again, it is uh, Miami and the Bengals. We might have missed one guy back there. We got a single tight end on here. Oh, this there was a lot of debate pre-show. All right, sorry. Yeah, so this the, was a debate 50, pre-show 50. was David and Joku. Uh, Cleveland is going to run the ball down your throat and once in a while toss it. And there's only three guys on that team that catch balls. <laughs> and uh, that's, that. uh, I mean, if you don't count the running backs. Uh, that's Amari Cooper. If you kind of want to bring up Peoples-Jones and Njoku. I think yes. Njoku is a nice red zone target. I think I like Joku probably as much as I like Logan Thomas. I think they're kind of interchangeable to me. Yeah, I mean, Njoku is a freak athlete. It's weird to see how little he's used. And then he has a game like this. Nine catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. He looked like you could not put any defender on him. He a touchdown. He got up and got it for the touchdown yeah, in the back exactly. of the end zone. So, I mean, it's like, how can you not use this guy But more? this has been Joku since he got drafted. It is. It's always been Joku. Everyone's expecting this guy to just explode, and he has one game where it's like, wow, there he is. Like, this guy's unguardable. And then the next game, you're like, I don't think this guy's on the field. So, I mean, that's where we had a lot of debate about it. I don't think, no, I don't think. I'm not using a waiver on this guy. Right. Uh, depending on who your starting tight end is, I'm adding him probably regardless with what you got going on in your bench. Uh, obviously, he's not starting over some of the top, probably the top four or five tight ends that we always talk about. But he's a guy who, if you have him and Logan Thomas, I think you go matchup and you start one of them if you got that one-two punch. But I think he's a nice guy to have, and I think if you don't have that tight end spot locked up, this is a guy you want on your bench. Yeah, like we mentioned before, the tight end situation across the league, you got you got to take your chances with any tight end that you see any bit of promise or life in. So, I mean, you go with Njoku and hope you can get some consistency together. But And, I mean, on top of that, if he is the number two in targets on this team, and let's say he does just enough to salvage the next five, six weeks, when Watson comes back, Watson likes to air the ball out, and he doesn't mind his tight ends. So, I mean, Njoku could go from, eh, I'll start him once in a while, to he could creep up into that top five range of tight ends. Easily. I think I'm comfortable. Honestly, upside, I'm taking Joku over Logan Thomas. Floor, I think I like Logan Thomas a little more comfort-wise. I think Wentz is a much more comfortable quarterback option than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean, Thomas is a guy we've seen actually, you know, consistently put yeah. it together, have great games week in, week out. So, of course, floor and you know, low risk level. I guess you go Logan Thomas there. Um, but yeah, good segue into that Thursday night game. We covered Njoku, had a monster game. Well, aside from Tyreek Hill, Waddle, Chase, the usual suspects, who do you think is primed to have a monster game this uh, Thursday? Aside from the three, I guess, star wideouts, the guy I would prime to have a monster game is Samaj P. Ryan, if Mixon's out. Uh, if I have the full slate of people to select, I think I'm going Chase. Uh, he hasn't had that monster, monster game yet that we have seen Chase do. And uh, you know my theory on superstars. If they have a crap game next week, they force feed him. Squeaky wheel. Exactly. Squeaky wheel Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Exactly. So I think that uh, I would not. if I had to pick one of them, Chase is going to be my guy this week. If it's not Chase, with Mixon out, it's Samaj Piran. Those are two guys I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, for me, I mean, I don't love any of the backs in Miami, but I've noticed this trend of running backs are performing pretty well in these Thursday night games. Considering the fact Tua is not 100%, he should play. He's dealing with back injury, this, that, had a pretty much a concussion. Are you going to pick a backup running back to have a good game right now? Not a backup. I don't know. Who's the backup between Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert? I think my, I think Mostert's my backup. I think Edmonds is the the guy. I, I mean, mean, week two, we saw the opposite, though. 
Yeah, but they were close one too, and the game script kind of. That's that's a good point, but because uh, they went away from their backs totally, they yeah. went straight up to their wide receivers, and I mean I, that if Edmonds is, I mean if uh, Mostert's my number one and he gives me the numbers that he gave me in week two, I'd rather just go with nobody starting at all in my running back spot. <laughs> I'm just gonna say I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them two have a good game on Thursday. That's a good way to put it. That's I think a, they're gonna get a lot more work with Tua not being a hundred percent, and again. Running backs seem to, to thrive a bit on Thursday nights. So those are my two little sneaky picks there, um, aside from the usual ones. So, I mean, last week, Dolphins and Bills, just to kind of dive into that. Uh, Edmonds, six carries for 21. Monster, eight carries for 11. Edmonds had two touchdowns. And there it is. That's the only stat we care about. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if both the guys totally sucked this week. But I guess we'll see what happens. I will say the Tua injury... I guess raises red flags. We're not even sure Tua's going to play just yet. So, I mean, let's let's see what this week actually brings with the quarterback situation in Miami. Another interesting thing, too, on the a Bengals. Tidbit. Interesting a tidbit. tidbit, yes. A tidbit. <laughs> interesting tidbit. Uh, Hayden Hurst had some kind of injury setback prior to the game, so he only had a catch for seven yards. Uh, it's interesting to keep an eye on, too, because he's been pretty decent for a tight end. So, if he's in or not, uh, keep an eye on Hayden Hurst, too, because, again... Mentioning it for the third time, you got to go with any <laughs> tight end you can at this point. They're just so bad all around. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kelsey, Andrews, and friends has been the case <laughs> for what we expected this year. And disappointments. Uh, Waller's done kind of what we expected Waller to do. And tight end-wise, it's always been the same thing. You hope you get the guy who gets a touchdown. Otherwise, he probably got you three points. Yeah, and again, if Andrews, I'm not saying I'm hoping for an injury, but... If that guy goes down or misses a few games and likely steps in, that guy will be the number one waiver pickup that week, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, one thing, likely is an interesting option to bench. Right. That's what I'm doing yeah. at the moment. I've got him on all my benches just sitting there collecting dust, but eventually he's going to have to rub the dust off and he's going to have to get in there. Don't disagree. Um, so now let's hit you guys with our weekly review segment. Rapid review. All right, guys. For the rapid review, what we're going to do is put a one-minute timer in front of us. And each person is going to get one minute to kind of, off the top of their head, spit out whatever information they remember from this week. So just whatever it might be that's kind of nagging us after the extensive review we just did pre-episode. Whether it be statistics or specific games or whatever we decide. So I'm going to let Sonny kick it off. So just let me know when you're ready, Sonny, and I'm going to start the timer. I was born ready. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Ready? Go. Yeah, so fresh in my mind, Giants, Cowboys, uh, Tony Pollard, absolute beast. I need to get him the ball more. Zeke looks okay. He scored a touchdown, nothing major. 49ers, Broncos was a disgusting abomination of a game that I never want to witness anything like that ever again. Russell Wilson should be dropped in all formats. Uh, moving to Packers, Buccaneers, Fournette was very disappointing. Is that up to the receivers all being out? Probably. I'm still keeping faith in him. If you have an Eagles player on your team, you're probably very happy right now, save for that weird running back situation. Jalen Hurts, my MVP of the season so far, looks phenomenal. Chiefs, Colts, I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. Maybe they should have tried to keep a few more wide receivers and not try to put Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the Tyreek Hill role. Uh, moving to the Saints, Alvin Kamara's got to get it together. On the other hand of that, glad to see Derrick Henry finally got it together. He got into the end zone. 
And uh, let me round it off with uh, the Bears. Khalil Herbert is running back to all moving forward. All right, glad you brought up that terrible Broncos game. So I'm just going to totally ignore it. And, of course, you had to bring up Herbert. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from my Montgomery uh, difficulty at the moment. <laughs> so I'm not even going to bring that one up for sure. But interesting minute. A lot of interesting stuff on top of your head. So I think I'm already ready to go with mine. So just let me know when you're ready with that stopwatch. I am ready with the stopwatch. And go. All right, so top of my head is definitely Olave's targets kind of blowing up and seeing what the Saints do, maybe down two receivers, and will Kamara get his game back together? Uh, second, can the Dolphins keep funding both of these wide receivers? Can they keep feeding both of these mouths? I'm super interested to see what they do as the season goes forward. Uh, next, McCaffrey running all over the place. Can he get his receiving together, or is he just going to be a runner from now on? Uh, Lions, I want to see what they do with the double running backs with Swift out. Are they going to keep that up or what? Uh, why aren't the Chiefs feeding my boy Elaire? What is up with this McKinnon love? I don't want to see McKinnon with the ball. I think Elaire, maybe not necessarily Belkow, but he needs to be the guy in Kansas City for them to do anything, in my opinion. Uh, Jaguars, wow, freaking 40 points. I feel like they could beat anybody right now, which is definitely wrong, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from them. Uh, Herbert, for the love of God, get healthy. I need you, man. In like three of my leagues, he's my QB. Uh, and then just to round it off, C.D. Lamb, baby. We're definitely fucking C.D. Lamb. That's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> Love that. Let's go C.D. Lamb. It's about goddamn time. I know, right? We like needed Cooper that. Rush needs to finally start force-feeding him the ball because we saw that it paid off. And Let's do more than one drive next game. Let's actually Hopefully. get it to him. And C.D., bro, you cannot be dropping those balls, man. I, I, don't, I don't know what the heck that was on that deep one, but... Uh, let's hope he gets it together as the season rolls on. JJ, you're next, man. I'm, I'm praying for you next. I don't know what's going on with the <laughs> Thoughts and shut prayers. down by Okuda and Slay back to back. So he's really got to get it together. But uh, I think that's a, that's a solid review for what's kind of been eating away at our minds after uh, a mind-numbing uh, Sunday, Monday, and half-day Tuesday review weekend for both of us. Definitely mind-numbing. Um, so that'll be it for this uh, review episode for week three. Uh, stay tuned for the end of the week where we're going to hit you with our IOP bets week four, which is slightly tweaked, but listen and find out what exactly we changed and our uh, review, or sorry, our outlook for week four and what to expect exactly. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, this was the Instant Offense Podcast week three review, and we will see you guys in the next episode. This is the Instant Offense Podcast. Oh!